but the older your child gets, the more valuable it is to spend that reasoning time. Because again, you're modeling for them because the world's not going to give you exactly what you want. You're going to have to figure out how do you work with people. And the best way to do it, I believe, is to model that behavior yourself for your child. Welcome to Life, Love, and Family. On today's program, it's all about our kids, our strong-willed kids. How do we love them? How do we get that breakthrough? How do we win with our extra effort children? them giggle, let them sleep in the middle, oh, just let them be little. Welcome to Life, Love, and Family with Dr. Tim Clinton. Hi, this is Bill Scott. Today already, I can see eyes beginning to open, ears beginning to perk, because we're going to talk about our kids when they get difficult and stubborn and become that extra effort, strong-willed child. And I know there's parents right now going, oh, do you really have hope, Dr. Tim? Tell me you have hope today. If you're dealing with some power struggles at home, maybe war at home, Bill. <laughs> if you are wrestling with a child that's described as difficult or stubborn, you just might have a gift from God. A gift. We're going to talk about strong-willed kids. Cynthia Tobias is our special guest today. She's the founder, manager, and CEO of Apple Street. She is an author and a speaker known really throughout the United States and around the world for her entertaining, practical, and life-changing presentations. Her background includes over 25 years in private practice and business ownership, eight years as a high school teacher, and even six years in law enforcement. Cynthia is a best-selling author of multiple books, including You Can't Make Me, which we'll be talking about today. It's good to have Cynthia in the studio with us today, Dr. Tim. Cynthia, welcome to Life, Love, and Family. Thank you. It's great to be here. Cynthia, you and I have been talking about strong-willed kids for a few years now together. A long time. <laughs> we have been, and I'll tell you what, I can't think of anybody better on the subject than you. Cynthia, how do I know if I have a strong-willed kid? And every parent listening says, you don't have to tell me. I already know. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But you know what? What we do sometimes forget is that strong will is not a negative trait. It's a very positive trait. It can easily go sideways. But just because your child is defiant or obnoxious or rude, that's strong will in the wrong direction. But most strong-willed kids, they're going to change the world one way or the other. And the thing that makes them so special is that they're not easily daunted, not easily conquered. They don't necessarily take no for an answer. You want a good, strong dose of that in the right direction for your child as they go into the world to make their way, that's for sure. I know you say that they're a gift from God. I really like that. You see them as the future leaders. They're probably not as uh, susceptible to peer pressure. Tell us more about what makes them special. Parents get frustrated because when you think about all the traits of the strong-willed child, you know, that firm conviction and the not take a no for an answer, you're thinking, well, they've got all that raw talent that God gives them from the very beginning, right? But they don't know how to use it. So who are they going to practice on? And really, as a parent, who else do you want them to practice on? It's just that they drive you a little crazy as they try to figure out 
how do I use this strength that I have? How do I use it in the right way? That's really the challenge. And, and that's where, you know, Mother Teresa always said that she wished God hadn't trusted her quite so much. I think a lot of parents of strong-willed kids are going, are you sure you got the right parent for this? <laughs> and uh, I, I have no doubt that God knows what he's doing. How are they wired up, Cynthia? Take us into the mind of a strong-willed child. In the book, we talk about three real critical truths to know how we're wired. And one of the biggest ones surprises most people, because in writing the book, over this last 25 years, I've talked to just thousands of strong-willed kids of all ages on a cross-section of Christians, non-Christians, all the way from prisoners to kids who never get in any trouble. And everybody tells me the same thing, and that is that we don't have trouble with authority. People automatically think that a strong-willed child resists authority. It's not the authority. I wouldn't respect my parents if they drew the line and moved it. I wouldn't respect the government if they made laws and didn't enforce it. It's not authority. It's how the authority is communicated. It's when you point your bony finger in my face and say, do it or else, that (laughs) my strong little says, I think I'll just else, because I know there's nothing I really have to do except die, which at least figuratively I'm willing to do. And I figure if I'm willing to die and you're not I win, and even though I'm dead. And this sounds very familiar to some parents listening to going, ah, why do you cut off your nose despite your face? And the strong-willed child in me says, hey, daily minor surgery. If you, if you <laughs> point your bony finger and say, I have no choice, even though I wanted to do it and planned to do it, now I might have to just prove to you that I always have a choice. So when a parent talks to the strong-willed child, you know, one of the key things is communicate your authority in a respectful way because you want to model the respect that you expect your child to show back to you. So you keep your voice calm and you keep it firm. There are many times when we have to admit we don't have control over every single thing in that child's life. So you need to be a little more reasonable, which kind of goes to that second point, which is understand that I don't need to control you as a strong-willed child. I just can't let you take all control away from me. And that's what you do when you make statements like, listen, here's what you're going to do. You're going to sit there and you're going to do this and you're going to do that. And that's when the strong-willed child's thinking, wow, you and what army? Um, you know, will make me, because what if I decide that I'd rather die first and I just decide to take the consequences no matter what? So, you know, when, you, when you're a two-year-old, you don't have control over much, right? Whatever you have control of, you really control it. You try to do that, because we just want to try to hang on to some control over ourselves. And then the third one, of course, which is one that all of the time I've ever known you, of course, Dr. Tim, is, is really important, and that is the relationship that you have with your child. Uh, the quality of that determines the effectiveness of all your strategies. If you have a relationship with me that I want to preserve, then you've got leverage and love and a working relationship. But if there's no upside, if you don't like me anyway and you don't like hanging out with me and there aren't any real times when I feel like you enjoy me, then what's the point? Yeah, we're going to war. And so I've got this image in my mind of like this little pit bull he just latching on, and he's not letting go. And it doesn't matter what you do. I mean, you almost have to kill that dog, you hear what I'm saying, to get him off of you. It's innate. These kids, there's just something in their DNA that's just going to stay right there. And it doesn't necessarily mean they're bad kids. By the way, it makes it difficult, too, though, Cynthia, if your temperament is a little different, if your personalities aren't matching up, and you're bumping into each other. That's what makes this task really tough. And it's complex. One of the other things that makes it challenging, of course, is that if you're the strong-willed parent, you don't want to back down either because it takes one to know one. 
we can dish it out, but we can't take it. And, you know, there were times, especially in my strong-willed child's life growing up, where I'd say something, and I, as soon as I said it, I realized he's not going to do it because I wouldn't do it if I were him. But as a strong-willed parent, I don't have a reverse gear, right? So I can't back off very easily. And so that takes some practice and the ability to, you know, once the pit bull engages, <laughs> my ability to disengage him depends on a couple of things. First of all, if I could diffuse it in the first place. But secondly, if once he's engaged, we have a little strong-willed child emergency kit that I actually put in the book and actually put a free copy of it on our website. It's just three quick steps, and that is back off, try to get a little perspective, and you might even have to ask for a do-over. You might say, whoa, okay, hold on. I think I asked in the wrong way. So you're not ever apologizing for expecting good behavior. You're not lowering any standards. You're not compromising that way, but you're saying, this is what I need to be done. I think I asked for it the wrong way. Hey, Cynthia, and some parents might stop you right there and say, well, wait a second. Who's the parent here? You hear what I'm saying? Who is in control? And that's where this thing can ratchet up. Spin out of control. Of course, the interesting thing is, as you well know, those who anger you control you. So as the strong-willed child, I'm baiting you because I've figured out the buttons to push, right? As a very young child, I know exactly how to make you cry. I know how to make you angry. I push those buttons. So if I can bait you and make you lose it, if I can make you angry, then I have controlled the situation instead of you. And so really, as the parent, in order to keep control of the situation, you're much better off staying calm. You know, I tell parents when I was a police officer, they train us in that escalation of force thing between the time you first engage with the suspect and the time you might have to actually kill him or something. I mean, you can do so much with your voice and the way that you control it and the way that you handle the situation. And so really, in many ways, the third part of the strong Will child emergency kit is just be honest with me. And you can stop right in the middle of that and say to that strong Will child, can't talk this way, can't talk when we're this angry. Or you can say, look, I don't understand why it goes this direction. Because I love you and because you know that this needs to happen, we need to figure out something else. I need to have just a little bit of time. And sometimes this strong-willed child, not the five-year-old, but the older your child gets, the more valuable it is to spend that reasoning time. Because, again, you're modeling for them how they need to be acting not only with you, but interacting with other people. Because the world's not going to give you exactly what you want. You're going to have to figure out how do you work with people. And the best way to do it, I believe, is to model that behavior yourself for your child. Cynthia, you didn't have any of that in your DNA, did you? Oh, no, of course not. (laughs) I got it from my dad, too, let me tell you. But we... He's turning 88 this next month, and I still wouldn't dream of doing anything that brings shame or dishonor or disappoints my dad. And that was that relationship thing that it could have gone so differently, but he modeled that for me, and he kept that relationship so strong that it mattered to me. And I did what he said. I did not argue with my dad. In his older part of life, we're reversing the roles, and I'm about the only one who can get him to do things And it's fun to watch it. What goes around comes around. If you're battling at home, if there's a lot of threats and a lot of bribes and maybe war going on, you got to stay with us because what's coming up is even better. Yeah, you're listening to Life, Love, and Family. Perhaps today you're just like, okay, I'm drinking this in. This is just a breath of fresh air. 
for me and how I'm going to handle my child. Cynthia Tobias is our special guest, and we're really focused our conversation around her book, You Can't Make Me. (laughs) As I'm listening to the stories that Cynthia is sharing, I have a granddaughter. She's four. God love her. I just love her. But let me tell you, I have seen some wars. Yeah, between mom and her. And it's a stare down, a four-year-old and a, and a 22-year-old. And some days, my bet is on the four-year-old. Yeah, and some people listening, Cynthia, would say this. Listen, we've tried a lot of this, okay? We've been to Strong-Willed Child 101, 201, 301, 401, and we're still battling. How do we know when we're in trouble, Cynthia? Of course, when it's time to do something drastic, you have to ask yourself, is this child causing harm to himself or to others? And we have a whole chapter in the book that talk about some steps to take when you do need some professional help. And I believe with a strong-willed child, you can't do it on your own anyway. You certainly have to have supernatural help through God's help and through His grace. But there are times when it gets to a crescendo and a fever pitch, you're out of your depth. And that's when it's really good to have someone a strong counselor or professional who understands strong will and understands what this child needs. There's no doubt about that. But just how you talk to them makes so much difference. And, you know, the difference in saying, get in the car, we are late, and saying, hey, the van leaves in two minutes, you ready to go? And the bottom line still the same. You know, instead of saying, you're not watching television so you get that homework done, and saying, hey, feel free to watch that TV show as soon as your homework's done. Again, how you use your voice, how you phrase your questions with just a little bit of practice, it literally can make an 80% difference relatively quickly in how you diffuse the conflicts and the cooperation level that you get from your strong-willed child. I want to go over some of those Cynthia Tobias mega tips for positive parenting strong-willed kids here in just a moment. But before we do that, Cynthia, can you help us out with one more piece? And that is the meltdown has happened. We're on the soccer field. It's out of control. What in the world are we going to do? First of all, you got to keep your voice calm because remember, we talk about if you become angry and if you take the bait and you lose your temper and you lose it all, then everything melts down and there's not much hope. But the first step you take is to back off a little. And again, if it's heated in the moment saying, we need to take a, a minute or so here and just take a deep breath. I can't talk to you when you're screaming at me. I'm happy to talk to you if both of us can calm down. And then the second important thing to remember right there in the heat of the battle is, what's the point? What needs to be accomplished here? Bottom line, what do we have to do? And if you can identify that, you can ask yourself, and maybe your strong-willed child, is there another way to get to that bottom line? Because I'm not going to move my bottom line, right? I'm not going to move the accountability. But is there a way to get there? that gives that strong-willed child a little window of opportunity, just a little bit of breathing room where, as a strong-willed kid, I can gracefully back down. I probably want to back down, but I can't lose face. Is there a way that I can still do what you need me to do but back off a little? And then again, just that third step, just being honest. Hey, I think we're both out of control here. I think we need to figure out how do we do this. And again, I'll respect you more as the strong-willed child. I'll respect my parent who shows me and demonstrates to me how I can get out of these situations instead of who just comes in harder and harder and tells me that's it and you're done and we're out of here and then 
what have I learned from this situation? Here's where it gets complicated. You want to respond, but everything inside of you is just reacting to the moment, Cynthia, and you're embarrassed as a parent because it's in front of everybody and everybody else around you. They don't have to say anything, but they're screaming this. If that was my kid, that wouldn't happen to my kid. No way. <laughs> and then you're thinking, okay, I'm going to put it on him or something, and that's only going to make it worse. Yeah, and you know, sometimes it sounds kind of funny, but it really works to say, hey, are, are you trying to get in trouble here? And just that question, a lot of times with my boys, they would say, um, no, is that what I'm doing? Oh, yeah, that's where we're headed. And so, again, that little breather, that kind of sense of humor where you lighten it up just a little, saying, are you trying to make me mad? Is that your goal, to make me mad? And the question there gives me, as a strong-willed kid, a chance to go, no. Or if I say, you know, are you annoying me on purpose? And my son goes, yeah, I guess I am. And I say, well, it's working. Knock it off. And I start to smile. Again, it's lightening it up and it's given that warning, right? It's communicating the warning that says, look, we're going down a path that's not going to end well. Is this where you want to go? I have a choice as a strong-willed child. Now I have some control of the situation. I get a chance to say, oh, no, sorry. And the battle is diffused. And what if that only works 50% of the time? Would that be worth it? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> it would be worth it 10% of the time, right? And again, there are times when you have to do it the hard way. But I have seen over and over huge differences in how often you may have to do it the hard way if you just approach it with the question and a reasonable manner. Some positive parenting tips, Cynthia. Let's go through them. One, I think you've really addressed uh, pretty well, but just highlight it again for us. To avoid power struggles by using routines and rules. To know what to expect. And again, you look at that bottom line accountability. Look, you and I both know that this is what has to be done. I thought maybe this would be the best way to do it. If you've got another idea, I'm open to it. But the bottom line is... It needs to be done. So it's like schedule babies, kids who just have got to have things programmatic. That's what they're looking for is what you're saying. Then again, that's where the temperament and the styles come in, right? Because I had twins, you know, they're two minutes apart. I have one kid who wants to schedule, wants everything to be laid out, and I have the other one who wants it to be kind of laid back. Let's just do it as we go. You know, it's never going to be a real quick formula, is it? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not. Number two, your child wants mastery more than anything. Control is the issue, and mostly with the strong-willed child, it's control over myself so that I still feel like I have a choice. And obviously, I always have a choice. I could take the consequence because it will be there, but I need to feel like I have control. Pretty chilly out there. Which sweater do you want to wear may have much better results than saying, you better get your sweater on now. We need to go. It's just little things and little adjustments giving the child the control that you can afford to share so that you can keep the control that you can't afford to share. Which sets up number three to give your strong-willed child choices. They need that because that helps facilitate this mastery piece, right? Right. And in the course of giving choices, it's not just choices of, hey, you've got a choice of these three things because what if I don't want any of the three? It's asking and answering the question as a parent, what's the point? What's the point? You know, the point is you need to wear something that keeps you warm. What would you like to wear sometimes works better than saying, do you want to wear the red or the blue sweater? 
So, again, the choices have to do with what I'm trying to accomplish, not just, oh, those are the only things that I can do. It's kind of a fine balance and a fine line, but it really makes a difference. If I understand what your point is and what you're trying to accomplish, then I can take a little bit of share of the control to get to where you want me to be. That means you're still in charge as the parent. But it means as a strong-willed child, I have some say in how I get there. That's tough for a mom or dad who's into control, running the world, getting it all right and all done perfectly. <laughs> yeah, That's right. And if you can just remember, I want to control the outcome, so I'm willing to release a little control on the method because I need to be in control of the accountability and the outcome. Give him or her authority over his or her own body. What are you meaning there, Cynthia? Well, again, we go back to, I always have a choice. You can't say that I have to do anything, right? And so the more you come in and press in on me on doing it your way or the highway, the more I take the highway. And there are some very unfortunate choices that can be made just out of stubbornness on the part of the child. You know, I've asked kids before, hey, why are you getting an F in math? And they go, because my mom said, no way this time are you going to get an F in math. Well, that's cutting off your nose despite your face, right? But it happens all the time. So again, don't come across as the big boss telling me I have no choice, but get me to the bottom line accountability. And I can see where relationship piece becomes really important there because if you're not connected in the relationship, it's all out war. We're on opposing teams is where we're at. That's right. It's huge. And one of the things you you need to remember with your strong-willed child is that unconditional love where you tell them, look, I'm going to love you no matter what, even when you make it difficult for me, like now. I'm still going to love you. And that's what I need to know. That's a real key point. You say you love me no matter what, and I say, really? How about now? How about now? How about now? And sometimes I find out you don't really love me no matter what. You love me if I follow your rules. You love me if if I do what you say. What if I don't? What if I turn out to be a rebellious kid who's in a lot of trouble? I know I have to pay a price, but do you still love me? And that's where it's important for that parent to be able to say, look, we're going to have to do some tough things, but I will always love you even when it's tough. Cynthia, speak to the mom or dad who is exhausted and they're just frustrated and they want to break their son or daughter. I'm going to knock this out of you. I can hear some of the families I grew up with. I've heard I've heard, heard parents yelling that stuff. All right, boy, we're going to knock that garbage right out of you right now. Mm-hmm. You know, the one thing I would ask those parents is, Ask yourself, is it worth it? Because if it costs you the relationship in the long run, you might get short-term compliance just to get you off their back. But if they hate you, if they never want to come back, if they don't value your relationship, that's a cost you have to count. And is it worth it? Or is it worth it also to just back off a little, take a deep breath and figure out, How do I get the control I need without destroying the relationship? Yeah, parents can get so frustrated, Cynthia. They move from discipline to punishment where they're trying to break the child, which is, in my mind, abusive. Yeah, and sometimes it's out of ignorance. You know, what else can I do? I don't know what else to do. You know, I'm just going to have to beat it out of the kid. But again, there's absolutely no way that that should be the way that we take control of the outcome but how the method happens. And that takes a little more effort, as you know. It's not just, hey, I'm the boss, do what I say. It does take a lot more effort to invest in a relationship, but it pays off in a lifelong 
investment, that's for sure. Cynthia also talks about balancing this opposition factor. Let them save a little face. You talk about listening, see from their point of view. I guess that's being a little more empathetic to their world for a moment, Cynthia. And by the way, the busy, preoccupied parent who's carrying a lot of their own stuff doesn't usually get that done. And so the command stuff just gets crazier and crazier. And then so does the discipline. And then you start losing relationship. And next thing you know, it's just a disaster at home. Cynthia, one of the things I loved in the interview we did a few years ago, remember that old song, What I Like About You? Yeah. And you said something that just stuck with me. What do you like about your son or daughter? That's right. And do they know? Do they know what you like about them? You, know, If you ask them, You'll be surprised if you say, do you know what I like about you? Most of the time, a child will say, what? Because either they don't know or they just want to hear it again, just that specific thing. And if you could point out the strengths, if you can point out strengths in me, I am much more motivated to use those strengths than I am to use the weakness. It's hard to believe, but even with our strong-willed children, the number one thing that still makes them happy is a great relationship with you, mom and or dad. Cynthia, let me give you the final word here. In the relationship that you have with your child, whether you like it or not, they will use that as a lot of times as the guide for the relationship they have with their Heavenly Father. And that's a pretty heavy-duty responsibility for us as parents. We do represent Christ for our kids, the way that we act and the way that we talk to them. And what a sacred honor that is for me to be able to communicate the love of the designer and the creator to his creation that he trusted me with. I look around and see my wonderful life almost perfect from the outside in picture frames I see my beautiful wife always smiling but on the inside oh, I can hear her saying lead me with strong hands stand up when I can't don't like a breath of fresh air. Dr. Tim, this was amazing. You know, I love that Bill Cosby comment where he said, I've chosen to be involved in the lives of my kids. And mom and dad, the number one thing that still makes them happy is a great relationship with you. And they need heavy doses of you. I know there are not a lot of accolades that come with parenting, but I'll tell you what, when you develop a relationship with your son or daughter, it's everything. Not just the rules, it's about a relationship with them. Get that piece right, and you'll be friends for life. 
We want to help you begin to relate to that strong-willed child. Plenty of resources are available for you right now. As a matter of fact, all you need to do is go to our website at lifeloveandfamily.net, along with our Facebook, where you can interact with us and receive encouragement, our Twitter account, and you can always listen to this broadcast again and share it with your friends. Our website is lifeloveandfamily.net. That's lifeloveandfamily.net. You can also pick up the phone and call us toll-free. It's 855-455-3264. Again, that's toll-free, 855-455-3264. In advance, thank you for your support. Life, Love, and Family. America's number one Christian residential treatment program, Honey Lake Clinic, specializing in addiction, depression, anxiety, bipolar, PTSD, staffed by nationally recognized psychiatrists and psychologists, a team of MDs and 24-hour nursing care, a 600-acre scenic sanctuary of unmatched beauty, Honey Lake Clinic, most insurance accepted, scholarships available, phone 844-747-7772, online, honeylake.clinic. Women in Depression, get confidential help. 1-877-257-9612. Women addicted to alcohol or drugs, get confidential help. 1-877-257-9612. Women with anxiety or eating disorders, trauma, and PTSD, get confidential help. Timberline Knowles Residential Treatment Center. 1-877-257-9612 or timberlineknowles.com. 